Breaking news today on Seculo as a judge orders the divorce attorney to take the stand immediately in Fonnie Willis' case out of Georgia. Keeping you informed and engaged, now more than ever, this is Seculo. We want to hear from you. Share and post your comments or call 1-800-684-3110. And now your host, Jordan Seculo. All right, welcome to Seculo, folks. There is more breaking news now. We told you uh, yesterday that the judge in the Fonnie Willis uh, decision about whether she should uh, be removed, the entire DA's office removed from that uh, trial in Atlanta, Fulton County, involving President Trump and about 15 others. Uh, And again, it's not just about removing her. It's removing the entire DA's office that a new DA would be appointed and uh, could come in and try to continue the case, but they'd have to start from scratch or dismiss the case entirely. And things are continuing to get worse uh, for Fonnie Willis and uh, the special counsel she brought in, Nathan Wade, uh, because uh, initially Nathan Wade's former uh, partner at his firm, uh, who, remember, he took the stage initially, testified, but really claimed a lot of privilege. The judge of the case thought he was claiming too much privilege, Dad, so he brought him into the judge's chambers yesterday, and after that discussion, is putting him back on the stand today. So the point of the discussion was to determine if, in fact, what he was going to testify to was, in fact, privileged. If it's outside the scope of the representation, it's not. So that was what that, in camera, in when it was just the judge and him. So basically, the judge was able to tell him, these are the kind of questions you do have to answer. You're not violating privilege. You're not going to be in trouble as an attorney. Uh, right. You need, to, you need to give straight you know, answers whether it's yes or no, um, or that you don't know. Uh, but you can't just say privilege. I think. But I, as a I, lawyer, I, you want a judge to tell you. Yeah, and that you just, have to testify. Especially because that was kind of happening, as we told you, that was happening very quickly that day. Remember, Fonnie Willis, Willis didn't have to burst into the courtroom and testify yet. Like she, she chose right. to do that. Uh, then she was supposed to come back the next day, and her team is, you know, trying to claim, oh, she wisely decided she shouldn't do that, right? But now um, you have an extra hearing, mm-hmm. plus and so more cross examination, and then we know it's still an opportunity for uh, closing statements. So, the so, question will be: Is does Fonnie Willis and uh, Dwayne have to go back and have another time on the stand to? Oh, to I think that, counter this. Well, Wade's going to be in the stand. I think he's going to be in there today. Yeah, I would suspect he's going to have to testify. Steve Sadow, Trump's lawyer, will cross-examine him. And it's a hostile cross, so you can ask leading questions. And he's going to have to correct things he said. He was under oath. So it could it is conceivable that the two people that are in real trouble in this are Fonnie Willis and Miss Wade, Mr. Wade. Yeah. And this is because, again— Because if you lie to a judge under oath, that's a felony. They were under oath when they said that they uh, saw each other— Prior uh, to uh, the defense attorney said it started prior to the hiring. They said no, it didn't start until 2022. And then they've got these phone records and times and the 35 visits and the trips that they've taken together. But this is different. Cash. This is they said that the, when the relationship started. Let's put all that aside. He will have to answer. Put that all today. of that aside. He'll have to answer that today because he knows. Correct, that. because that's not going to be deemed privileged for whatever right. reason. So, if it's not privileged, the real question becomes then: Who was telling the truth? Well. The records tell the truth because of the records. Now, they don't pinpoint you to a house. But if you made a false statement under oath to a judge in a live court proceeding, that is a felony under Georgia law. So both of them, if this is what it turns out to be, 
could be char- the prosecutors could be charged with a felony. Here's the message: Don't prosecute ridiculous cases because you end up in trouble. Prosecutor right, to RICO together, which is was people. never a RICO case, right? Uh, and then bringing in someone with no experience—that's what—that's why initially people started investigating Wade himself, right? He wasn't a, usually a DA would bring in a RICO expert. He wasn't right. Never done one. I don't think he'd ever done a RICO case. Correct. So bringing him in, paying him that much money, and he's not a specialist, raised everyone's suspicions from the beginning. So it ha- gave something for the defense teams to start looking at while uh, this case was just getting started. We're taking your phone calls. 1-800-684-3110. Again, there's a this prime- put the whole case over with. Yeah, so you can have one of these cases against President Trump uh, could be done. We still are waiting from the Supreme Court. We have not. We did not get opinion today on the Fourteenth Amendment or uh, or the question or the immunity uh, stay. So again, they have another day tomorrow that could come. We'll see. We'll be right back on Seculum. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three decade long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. to Seculo. So uh, again, just to kind of update you, we are still awaiting and watching the Supreme Court uh, on two matters involving President Trump. One is a case where we are party, where we represent the Colorado Republican Party. That is the 14th Amendment Section 3 case. Early voting in, in our home state uh, ends today. We're a Super Tuesday state. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you can vote uh, on Super Tuesday, but this is the last day to early vote. So a lot we know that in a lot of these elections, that's half the people have already voted in these uh, many of these Super Tuesday states that have early voting. So um, we thought that it would the Supreme Court would likely come out with opinion before Super Tuesday. They still could do that because there's another time tomorrow, Dad, where they they have where they would usually issue opinions like that. Their opinions, before they go to their arguments. opinions Wednesday. So normally on Opinion Day is also the day of the oral argument. However, 
in a case like this, where it's so significant, they could specially release it yeah, at, at any, any time. At any time, at any moment. I'm a little bit surprised it's taking this long. And then on the stay matter, now that's the stay matter, that's the Jack Smith matter on the immunity question. And you know, when does presidential immunity end? Is official acts versus un, you know, unofficial acts outside the presidency, inside the presidency? And that immunity question that the Trump team asked for a stay from the Supreme Court, on there the, wasn't a quick yes or no. Yeah, well, I mean, surprisingly, been, normally goes to the Chief Justice, then he'll, in that particular case, because it came out of D.C., and then it's referred to the rest of the court. And they have to have five votes for a stay to be issued. There's been nothing. We don't even know if it's technically been referred to the court. Um, on the on the docket sheet, it doesn't say that. But in law probability, it has. So there's three options here. One is, could be they've converted the... Yes, that's it. The, so this is technical. They could have converted the stay application to a petition for certiorari, and the court may be working on a question presented. So that can take some time. It could be that there is there were not uh, four votes for certiorari, but there were maybe two votes for certiorari. So there's a, dis- a denial of the stay and a dissent from the denial of the stay. And the third option is they could be writing an opinion. I mean, they could do a procurium opinion based on what was filed. Because as you said issue. yesterday, those were fairly substantive briefs. Yeah. So it could be all that. Yeah, on presidential immunity, post-presidential immunity, what happens, to, you know, as that court of appeals said, you lose all of it the day you, are, the moment you're at 12.01 on January when you're no longer president, makes no which makes no sense on the official acts. Um, and then, then defining what are official and unofficial acts gets very in the weeds. The court, but, they want to. This, this tells you what happens when you have political prosecutions. Yeah, multiples going on at the same time. So you've got. Up in the air on the Jack Smith case. And remember on the Jack Smith case that one of the issues, which is the um, interfering with an act of Congress, the Supreme Court's already granted review over. Those are two of the four charges against President Trump. The court's already granted review on those on a case unrelated to Donald Trump. So that's up there. They need to pause this stuff. Let the election take place. Pause the stuff because here's what's happening. And Georgia is the example. It's out of control. Yep. We look like a third world country. Right. I mean, it, you know, again, you're getting, you're about to, st- you're starting the case and now you've got a separate case within the case about whether the DA and the special counsel was brought in to bring this RICO charges uh, should be disqualified from the case. And even now they've gone under oath. Did they lie under oath? And that, that it poses other issues if they're, if a new DA is appointed. So we're going to have that hearing this afternoon. With uh, Wade's a former partner, and he was the, his divorce attorney as well, who mostly took the stand and claimed privilege, but now he knows what he's got to answer. Uh, that will be on camera uh, probably this afternoon. And then you will see, again, do do we see testimony again? Does Wade take the stand again? Does Willis take the stand again? We know that they're still closing, like closing arguments scheduled uh, from the defense team and the prosecutorial team, and then ultimately a decision by the judge. That could come uh, again, I guess, by the end of this week. This is now on week three of this matter within the case. It, it has been uh, a long time. And you've also, uh, just to make it clear, people have this question as well. If this got, all got tossed, yep. uh, if she gets removed from the case and the next DA comes and says, I'm not restarting this case, the election's about to happen, this is too much work to start with, and it got it was started so badly, starting from zero doesn't work because we're too far removed from the years this happened. Right. The people who did make plea agreements... yes. What happens to they them? They will file motions to vacate the plea. Those will definitely be granted, and their records will be um, removed. And if they did pay a financial penalty, they or will get process, it paid back. 
And what what about the? You said there is even potential for them to sue. Maybe even you know, prosecutorial misconduct. See how far this goes with yep. the with the again, no guarantees that the uh, that uh, Fani Willis is being removed. But it certainly even the Atlanta Journal Constitution, which the, is headli- very, the headline seems. I mean, look, we'll find out this afternoon that this is what you're going to find. For it. The left here's, is preparing for it. Here's what you're going to find out. I mean, let let's okay, you're going to find out that they made untruthful statements under oath during a trial while they were under oath in a criminal proceeding where neither one of them were she was not compelled to testify like that there was still an open question she voluntarily did it they both testified apparently we'll see what it says now that the attorney client issue was not there that those misstatements were material material misstatements are felonies so the people that could end up being in trouble in this when it's all said and done are the Miss Willis and uh, Mr. Wade. Okay. Uh, so I think, again, we're going to take your calls. This is 1-800-684-3110. Logan, I, again, we also encourage people to, if you're watching us on YouTube, there's going to be a lot of this this week. I mean, there's a lot I mean, of people it, watching on YouTube. And, and there's, again, we know we brought in a lot of people as we break down these legal issues because we're going to have an afternoon hearing. We're going to see how that would impact future hearings on just this matter within this case that could be the end of the, the beginning of the end of uh, this uh, prosecution in Georgia. Uh, and then, of course, watching what the Supreme Court will do. So we want people to, to make sure they subscribe to our page who may be new. That's right. If you're new to our YouTube channel, we encourage you to subscribe right now. Click that subscribe button. Click the you know, thumbs up as well and put in your comments. We monitor the comments, the whole broadcast. We take many of them during the show. So if you do to us, Join the ACLJ channel right now by subscribing. Same on Rumble, or if you're watching on Facebook or whatever it is, just do whatever that feature is to make sure you're following along because we continue these updates throughout the day uh, with tons of video content, amazing video content. Let's go to Janice who's calling on line three. Janice, you're on the air. Hi, I was wondering, I need some clarification on this whole New York case. Okay. I don't understand the charges that were brought against Trump. I don't understand how it ever got a conviction and isn't there some kind of law against um frivolous lawsuits well it was a civil it was a civil fraud lawsuit it's not a criminal case it was a civil fraud lawsuit and that was relating to putting overvaluations and um false statements on loans so it's not a criminal case it's a civil case and he was convicted so it's not deemed a frivolous lawsuit at this point um because he was convicted and found guilty yeah, I mean, there's a cer- there's certain things there you can cha- you can challenge the the penalty uh, as whether or not that has been I that could be that part is of a legitimate challenge. But to to file that appeal uh, in New York, you've got to put up the bond. They put they have filed the notice of appeal, uh, so that we appears that a bond will be put up for that amount. But that uh, that this penalty alone was too much, and they could even make an Eighth Amendment argument there. We talked about that yesterday, and that will all be happening in the future. Um, where again, New York is unique because. Everyone that got, gave these loans was repaid or is being repaid the way they should be. No one has any issue. None of the companies. There was no victim and no damages. No. That's what's. New York's there should have been victim. no case. Right. But it just, listen, if you're a business in New York, this has got to be send, sending shockwaves through your entire corporate structure and system. Yeah, especially if that's your headquarters, especially oh. if we've got the majority of your assets. Well, even if you've got assets there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could. can reach them. Yeah. That includes, think about all those international banks that have made New York what New York is uh, through all of the financial world being there, uh, rethinking that, okay, if we put all these assets there and they can seize it just because they don't like us one day, even though we haven't done anything illegal. Right. 
um, or wrong that we knew of because we just have a business contract with another business and it all went well. The, part, the other business didn't complain, didn't take them to court. Um, it's uh, again, it's unique to New York. A lot of people had not seen this used before, and I think it is gonna. It's another thing that will hurt New York down the road. Unfortunately, um, and and unfortunately, yeah. People, maybe the people are not thinking about it because uh, they can't take their mind off the Trump derangement part. It's like, oh, it's Donald Trump. That won't happen to me. But I think long term, people, the business people are smarter than that. They realize this new Democrat of New York City is different. And they're coming in. They're pushed out a lot of the old Democrats. They went after them legally. Yep. And they're t- they're using all the law they can to take on political opponents. That's right. We also encourage you to become an ACLJ champion and support the work of the ACLJ. Your ACLJ remains vigilantly engaged in the biggest battles we have ever faced and in the midst of the crisis in Israel, in the midst of the crisis at the border, all the different things. There's also a lot of action happening right now in the battle for life. We are grateful to the over 19,000 champions right now who are fighting alongside us at the ACLJ. We want you to know that you can also, if you're looking for just our pro-life information, we have a lot of categories broken up on our website, but you can just go to stuff like aclj.org slash pro-life where you can you know, kind of get all the facts so you can share with your friends. Again, aclj.org slash pro-life. And we encourage you to check out becoming a recurring monthly supporter. That's an ACLJ champion. You can do that by just going to aclj.org slash champions and do that today. We appreciate it. we got a lot more coming up. Mike Pompeo is going to be joining us here, I believe, in the next segment. Is that right? Well, yep, next segment. Yep. we got Mike Pompeo, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, if you want to call in, 1-800-684-3110. Those on hold will get to you a little bit later in the show. Yeah, we understand a lot of these are complicated legal questions, so don't feel like you can't ask your question. That's why we're here for you. 1-800-684-3110. There's also primary today in Michigan. We'll get to that as well as what happens on Super Tuesday. Mike Pompeo coming up next. After nearly 50 years, Roe versus Wade, the tragic ruling that manufactured a so-called right to abortion has been overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is the moment the ACLJ has been fighting for. It's the biggest victory we've achieved in our three decade long fight against the soulless abortion industry. And believe me, abortionists like Planned Parenthood are devastated. This victory would not have been possible without the steadfast prayer and support of ACLJ members like you. On behalf of the entire ACLJ, I thank you for standing with us against the abortion industry and helping us save defenseless babies. I thank you for making this victory possible. And I ask you for your continued prayer and support as we continue to battle against barbaric new abortion laws across our nation. The challenges facing Americans are substantial. At a time when our values, our freedoms, and our constitutional rights are under attack, it's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. 
Become a member today. ACLJ.org. To Secular, we are going to get back to your phone calls too on all these legal matters that are circling around uh, Georgia, that are circling around the U.S. Supreme Court as we wait for a couple of big decisions out of the U.S. Supreme Court. People early voting. Uh, a lot of people, I know where we are in a Super Tuesday state. Uh, this is the final day of early voting uh, before uh, next week on Super Tuesday. And so, uh, waiting to see if that case will be out of the Supreme Court before the, on the 14th Amendment. We believe so. But what didn't come out yesterday didn't come out today. It could come out tomorrow. Uh, or at any time uh, this week because of this unique case that's kind of been fast-tracked, but not as quickly as some thought, uh, which could lead to a few different things. Secretary Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, our Senior Counsel for Global Affairs, is joining us now. And Secretary Pompeo, I want to go to some international issues first uh, because we've been focusing on all these domestic and political issues. But the Biden administration going to Israel just reversed what was known as the Pompeo Doctrine by declaring new Israeli settlements in the West Bank illegal and against international law. And so, uh, again, Biden has gotten a lot wrong when it comes to Israel. What is he getting wrong by uh, reversing the Pompeo doctrine uh, this late into his first term? I don't think we've... Administration's policy all along, which is this central idea that Israel has the fundamental right to defend itself and it's the rightful homeland of the Jewish people. When you when you declare that when you reverse the idea that these and state that these settlers are illegal, what you're saying is that the Israelis are occupiers, that this is not their rightful homeland. And when you do that, you encourage the bad guys, the really bad guys, the terrorists, uh, the Palestinian leadership, Hamas, Iran. You encourage them because you have now sided not with Israel, but with their adversaries. And that's that's the danger. And by all, by doing this in what appeared to be kind of a flippant comment made down in Brazil off the top of his head from Secretary Blinken, you undermine basic idea that says, no, the Israelis since 1948 have had this nation and continue to deserve it. And it is the right place for them. They are not occupiers. They are not indecent. They're good people simply trying to live their own lives. Yeah, it's actually, and it'd be retroactive. Uh, so that even uh, places that were built uh, in the last, you know, four years or that are being built, that those would now be considered illegal by the United States government. And of course, the, as you said, that that uh, goes to the issue of being an occupier, which then goes to the issue of is it legitimate to attack those uh, those individuals if they are illegally uh, there uh, or the or the is it uh, legitimate to carry out attacks on the IDF troops who might be uh, protecting those uh, settlements? Uh, but there was a second confusing statement as well relating to Israel, and it came from uh, President Biden, because we know that there's top negotiations on a possible ceasefire and a major release of uh, hostages that actually has some life to it still. I mean, it, it doesn't it hasn't been fully approved uh, by Hamas, but even Israel it appears if, if these points remain that as of now, they would be uh, uh, likely to accept it. Uh, we haven't heard from Hamas yet. And then you have President Biden come out and say that he thinks there's going to be a ceasefire as soon as Monday and both Israelis and Hamas push back on that. And they seemed really caught off guard. Is that another example? Like you just said, Blinken kind of doing these things off the cuff outside the United States, uh, you know, in Brazil. And now you've got Joe Biden getting ahead of negotiations. Uh, It just goes to the idea of uh, not being strategic on really sensitive matters that can, I mean, it can take a lot less to ruin a lot of hard work. Jordan, I, when, I, when I heard him say that, I was 
really surprised. I don't know the state of the conversations. I'm so thrilled that everyone's still working to try and get these hostages home. You met with them. I've met with these families. Um, we, we ought to continue to work to do that. But to see the president just kind of randomly say, oh, I think the vibe looks really good when these are complicated, hard negotiations that have impact not only for the lives of the hostages, but the, the strategic security of Israel as well. It just seemed it seems so unserious. And frankly, you know, you asked earlier, what's the real challenge with the Biden policy there? You know, they get some angry Arabs in Michigan and all of a sudden they say, you know, the Israelis need to stop. The, the Israelis can't stop, Jordan. They, they can't stop until they've eradicated this threat, not only the threat uh, that exists in Gaza, but the threats that extend from Iran as well. This is a serious business. One ought not to be talking about vibes and and going on late night talk shows and getting in front of the negotiators, that is really dangerous stuff. And I think suggests that President Biden doesn't really understand the risk that he creates by doing precisely what we just talked about. You know, Secretary Pompeo staying on Israel, uh, but also now bringing in China. At the ICJ, there's an ongoing case involving that South Africa brought against Israel alleging genocide. So at the International Court of Justice and China's uh, foreign ministry, their legal uh, representative I made this statement, which I'll read uh, uh, before the International Court of Justice uh, yesterday. China has consistently supported the just cause of the Palestinian people and restoring their legitimate right. The Palestinian-Israeli conflict stems from Israel's prolonged occupation of Palestinian territory and Israel's longstanding oppression of the Palestinian people. The Palestinian people fight against Israel's op oppression and their struggle for completing the establishment of an independent state on the occupied territory are essentially just actions for restoring their legitimate rights, the right to self-determination uh, as the as a precise legal foundation for this struggle. I mean, to me, that is the Chinese government endorsing as completely okay with what happened on October 7th, which was not a Hamas attack on the IDF, but was a Hamas attack on civilians, children, families, and homes. And of course, they still have hostages. So it was not a not a, a, a military to military conflict. This was an attack on people and China seems to be endorsing that. Oh, Jordan, I don't think there's any doubt you nailed it. That's exactly what they were doing. Uh, they were endorsing what took place on October 7th and saying it was justified by Israeli occupation. Um, we've known for a long time, the Chinese Communist Party almost always sides with the bad actor, the indecent actor. They're, they're playing footsie with the Russians, giving them weapon systems in Ukraine. Uh, they're working with the Iranians. Uh, they're very close to Chairman Kim in North Korea. Unsurprising that they would pick Palestinian terrorists, Hamas and Iran, to be their partners. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. When I when I listen to that statement and then listen to our discussion earlier, frankly, some of the language that they used is not dissimilar from the language that the United States Department of State is using today, talking about settlers being illegal, talking about, you know, this, this has impact on trade and the BDS movement. Um, I, I get that it's different, but the United States needs to be very careful, needs to be full-throated in support of Israel, not come closer to the Chinese position than to the Israeli position. I mean, you got into it a little bit that they're, they've just they kind of side with the the bad actors. But what, what do you think was the Chinese motivation uh, to actually send a legal advisor there to make, you know, make this statement official on behalf of China at the International Court of Justice, where I don't think they would fare very well amongst a host of issues, but is but interesting that they thought this was the time to go and make such a bold statement to the world. Andrew, and I suspect a couple things. One, I think they're putting pressure on President Biden 
they can see he's beginning to become ir- irresolved, uh, become weak. And so he's, they're putting pressure. Second, my guess is they were asked to do this by the Iranians. Uh, the Iranians provide an enormous amount of very cheap crude oil to the Chinese Communist Party. It wouldn't surprise me, but the two of them are, what's a simple term, in cahoots on this. And so the timing of this makes perfect sense. Apply as maximum pressure at the point of uh, the where the whole world is breaking against Israel politically. And you can ultimately convince the Israelis they have to stop. At least that would be their objective, giving the Iranians even more freedom to move about the region. Secretary Pompeo, as always, we appreciate you being part of our team as a senior counsel for global affairs of the ACLJ so we could talk through these issues. Folks, we come back. We've got one phone line open, 1-800-684-3110. We'll start answering your questions on Georgia, the Supreme Court, these Trump legal issues that also affect a lot of other people and your votes. We come back on Secular. Support the work of the ACLJ, Logan, our ACLJ Champions program. A great place for people to go. That's right. ACLJ.org slash champions. Do that today. We'll be right back. We're going to take more of your calls coming up after this. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. aclj.org. 